Welcome to The Edge, a Skillsoft podcast for learners and leaders alike. You know this, in every episode, we're engaging in candid, thought-provoking conversation on the topics of learning and growth in the workplace. And in today's episode, we're going to explore what happens when a perfect alignment occurs between the values of a mission-driven organization and the values of a mission-driven leader. Now, I've said this before on The Edge, but it bears repeating. To truly know a company's culture, it's important to understand the value system that guides its people, its products, and its processes, especially when you're considering whether you want to work for that company. As we approach the pandemic's one-year mark, you know, this focus on values to me feels all the more resonant. And I think it's because for so many people, this past year has forced us to, to become more thoughtful, more present and more aware of what's truly important in life. And we've seen myriad signals from the workforce indicating that people expect their employers to also focus on what's truly important, to exhibit more empathy, to create workplaces that are more diverse, equitable, and inclusive, and to have company leaders who walk the walk on these issues. And this last example is, is, is truly essential because while an organization's journey towards positive, lasting change is certainly powered by its people, real change thrives when you have support at the top, when you have leaders who believe, who set examples, who are unafraid to start tough but necessary conversations. And this kind of value system, when it lives at a company's foundation, can lead to wonderful outcomes, not only by inspiring current employees to go out and change the world, but by attracting brilliant new people who come and see and understand your company's values and then say, hey, count me in. So I am, I am like so excited. This is, a, this is an exciting one for me because I get to share that such a match in values occurred right here and brought us at Skillsoft a bold new leader. And her name is Rashim Mogha, and she's Skillsoft's new customer market leader and general manager for leadership and business. Now, look, I could spend this entire podcast telling you just how wonderful she is. She's a best-selling author, influencer, and evangelist for women in technology. She is a keynote speaker at major global conferences and a recipient of incredible honors, such as the Women Empowerment Game Changer Award. And I should probably mention that Rashim's career portfolio includes leadership roles in companies such as Oracle, Amazon Web Services, and VMware. But I'm going to let her tell you a little bit more about herself. So Rashim, welcome to Skillsoft and welcome to The Edge. Thank you so much, Michelle. I'm just so excited to be on the show. I have been listening to this show um, for quite a few months, and now it's an honor to be on the show and talk about uh, my new role at Skillsoft. Well, I think that's great. I actually, I think it would be wonderful if you could share with our listeners a little bit about your background and that role here. Absolutely. So I'm essentially, I'm passionate about empowerment through enablement. And my entire 20 years of experience in companies like Automation Anywhere, Amazon Web Services, Oracle, and VMware revolves around empowering customers, partners, and employees to adopt product and services through enablement. I built multiple high-performing teams ground up to support these multi-million dollar businesses. And in this journey, I've encouraged my teams to adopt growth mindset and an attitude of continuous learning. And when you look at Skillsoft, I'm basically responsible for driving growth and innovation in the leadership and business market. So essentially leading all our efforts across content, platform, sales, customer success, and marketing teams 
to deliver compelling experiences and desired outcomes for our solutions uh, for our customers. So, um, so that's in a nutshell what my job entails. So, you know, you and I have been speaking for a while. I think I'll, t- I'll tell our audience that we spent some time before you were hired. We spent time since you've been on board. And, you know, it's interesting because you had a unique journey in coming to Skillsoft. What was it about the company after, you know, after you spent some time and our mission that you found compelling or and probably a corollary to this is how did the elements of value influence your decision to join us? So, Michelle, you know, when I started thinking about what my next role should be, where should what should be my next career move and which company do I want to be a part of? There were two things that were very clear to me. One was that I want to be a part of the company that empowers people. That, and the second was that the company should value diversity. I've been in Silicon Valley. I've had these conversations. I've been a woman in tech evangelist for a long, long time. And it, is ve- it was very important to me that the next company that I join should value diversity and my values should align with that company. You know, when I started talking to Skillsoft, I realized that Skillsoft is a provider of opportunities. And that's what I was looking for, because I truly believe that talent is equally distributed, but opportunities are not. And a considerable amount of the work that I have done over the past few years has been around democratization of opportunities. So if you look at Skillsoft with over 45 million learners, Skillsoft essentially democratizes learning through a very intelligent experience. Uh, You know, if you look at Percipio, our platform that's AI-based and is extensible. When you start looking at the leadership and business segment specifically, we are actually empowering the world by building workforces that are resilient, that reflect diversity of thought and have a growth mindset. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. That's what my values are. We're building a workforce that's truly, uh, that builds truly innovative solutions for the real world. And I don't think I could have gotten a better opportunity than Skillsoft to empower the world. And then to top it off, you know, being bold, being real, that's so important. And being driven. Those just aligned with my personal values. People who know me know that I go for, you know, crazy ideas. And I try, I fail fast, but I'm real in my approach. So, so I, think, I think as I've been telling people in last two weeks, I have found home with Skillsoft. So I love that, Rashim. You are truly living our brand. Um, and, you know, I really applaud the efforts that you have made, the strides that you have made when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion, because you know, we at Skillsoft, we're really excited about your role as an influencer in this particular field. Now, I do know that there's a specific area in which you are passionate, um, and that's empowering women, right, to discover, to visualize, to actualize their success. And in fact, um, I'm going to brag a little bit, but you wrote a best-selling book on the topic, Fast Track Your Leadership Career, Women Taking Charge in Leadership. Um, so you got to tell us about your journey and how all of this came to be. So, so take our listeners back. When did you first realize that you wanted to be a change maker and a voice 
for women in leadership and what motivated you to write the book? Yeah, it, it's a long story. Let me take you about 15, minute, uh, 15 <laughs> years back. Um, I actually moved to this country 15 years ago. I escaped an arranged marriage because I come from a royal lineage in India where girls are actually educated. They're highly educated, but then uh, they're married off. And then what happens to them and their life is decided by the person whom they're married to and the family they're married to. And I did not want that life for myself. So I uh, built sponsors in the process. I, um, I implemented some of the techniques that I had been learning and actually utilized that to move to this country about uh, 15 years ago in 2005. And when I moved to this country, I still had my own share of struggles. I was passed over for promotion because I was an immigrant woman of color in technology, which was a male-dominated field. I um, had managers tell me that it's it was okay because I was uh, it was okay for me to get paid less because I was a woman. And I've had my ideas stolen just like everybody else, and my suggestions ignored and um, I've dealt with my own set of uh, imposter syndrome episodes um, as we all do. But uh, one thing that I did was very early on in my career, Michelle, I started working on preparing a template for myself in terms of what are the things that are working. And I've used that template to change things for myself and to navigate the system and succeed as a leader. And when I templatize this success formula, as I call it, that's when I started lending my voice to the mission of empowering women. I still think that I took too long to do that. But once I started doing that, I realized that my story was resonating with a wider audience. I was doing keynotes by that time, and I was doing multiple sessions at women technology um, conferences. In May of 2018, at Women Transforming Technology Conference, which is a conference uh, that VMware and Stanford University together put um, together in the Bay Area, I had just delivered my talk on fast-tracking your leadership career. And as I was, after finishing my talk, as I was walking down the stairs, there were a group of women who came to me and said, this session was really good. And thank you for sharing the best practices do you have a book around this? And I said to them, I do not have a book yet, but I would have one in three months. So going back to what we talked about being driven and being bold, I made that statement, right? And then I came back home and I started making some calls to the publishers that I knew and my friends who had published books. And we got a publisher on board in, and in September we released the book fast-track your leadership career. And within 11 hours of it being released, it was number one bestseller on Amazon. So I did not realize what hit me at that time. Um, I thought that journey was intense, but what happened after that was intense. Uh, so after that, I started receiving so many emails, uh, letters from people saying, how do we take this conversation forward? And uh, surprisingly, you know, being a marketing expert, you know that we, we target the audience to a particular niche and we want to market in that particular niche. And there were so many men and non-binary people and people from um, 
LGBT community who started talking about stuff and saying, how do we take this conversation forward? And this book mm-hmm. just resonates with all of us. Why did you just target it for women? And I said, because my experiences were as a woman in technology. And that's, you know, uh, at the end of each chapter, we actually, I actually have uh, a section called Women's Perspective in there. Um, so anyways, that's how EVA or Empowered Women of the World uh, initiative was born, uh, which, uh, which you know that I've been heavily involved with. And you're going to keynote that summit coming for, uh, <laughs> in, in April. Uh, but that's that's basically the story behind uh, behind how my journey started and why I'm so passionate about m- bringing more women in workforce. Well, I think that if if you don't have the book yet, uh, my sense is that you should run out and get it because it sounds like um, you've not only helped yourself, Rashim, but you've helped a whole um, a whole new group of women who might not have really understood what fast-tracking your leadership career means and how to do it. So thank you so much for, for sharing your journey and, and that personal experience, which, you know, I think oftentimes perhaps we as women are, are afraid to reveal what got us to this point, that, that it shows some vulnerability. But I, I love that you're sharing this story because I, I would imagine that there are so many women who can identify with you. Yeah, and... Part of the sharing this story is also putting, uh, you know, being vulnerable and letting the world know that their experiences are not unique. Very early on in my career, I would go to conferences and there would be people, women leaders, who would ask the panelists or speakers in terms of how did they, how did they overcome that bias? How did they grow in a male-dominated field? And we would hear responses like, oh, I just got lucky and I had never got, I didn't get to deal with that. Or fortunately, I did not have to experience that. And that did not resonate with people. That did not, definitely did not resonate with me. So one thing that I wanted to do was by sharing my story, I wanted to, I wanted to, to put it out there that it's okay. We all deal with it. It's not that there's something wrong with us as women that we have to deal with it. It's a mindset that we have to change. And, and I think the first, first step to that is accepting that this happens in the society. It happens in the workforce. And that's what I was trying to do very early on. No, I think that's, I think that's, really, I think that's really good guidance. I often think that we as women don't, don't put ourselves up for opportunities or we think we're not good enough. And um, so we, we, we potentially back down or, or, you know, allow opportunities to sort of pass us by rather than taking the initiative to say, of course I can do this. Of course I can take this role. Of course I can do this job just as well, if not better than anyone else. And I think it's our own mindset first that we have to shift but we also need strong women and men who can serve as advocates and champions for women in the workplace. And, you know, that's one of the things that I often talk about, particularly with the younger women I mentor, 
is find that champion, find that advocate, find a mentor. And by the way, it's 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 incumbent upon you not to just find a woman, but find a man too, who's going to help you, who's going to guide you, because um, it, it it won't it, it doesn't work if if everyone isn't trying to elevate the status of women. And I'm particularly concerned about it right now, frankly, as a result of the pandemic. And we're going to, we'll talk a little bit more about the pandemic because we've seen um, that the pandemic has actually had a greater impact on women. More women have lost their job as a result of the pandemic than men three times as much. And I know we're going to be doing a piece on on this notion of the pink pandemic and the impact that it's had and what it means for women returning to the workforce. But, you know, it's it's signaling to me that even as we enter 2021 with some promise for things like a vaccine, we're going to see a whole new set of challenges for women um, that are both known and unforeseeable. And, you know, I, I wonder if maybe you could share some thoughts on why now or or what makes now the time for learning and development this role this 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 function to step forward in, in an even bigger and bolder way and how do we as lnd leaders make a positive impact at a time like this and i think then what can we equip our leaders both women and men to help as we see, you know, this this really big challenge that we'll be facing as a result of the pandemic in this coming year. Yeah. So it's interesting. You know, I had never thought that we would have to deal with a pandemic in my lifetime. I would have never thought that. Um, year 2020 has changed the way we do things. The reality is that we learn the way we interact, the way we do business, the way we sell, it has all changed in 2020. And I think this is the new normal. We're not going back to our old ways because in this new world, we have figured out how to be more efficient than we ever were. Um, if, you, if we go back a little bit, Michelle, and when you, uh, when you look at the recession of 2020, uh, 2008, it was all about organizations and how they should bring in efficiency in the way that they operate. Minimizing redundancies was a key theme during that recession. In 2020, it's all about how do we make our businesses resilient and nimble so that they can thrive in these unforeseen circumstances. And by the way, today it's pandemic, tomorrow it's going to be something else. And part of building this resiliency will be that we will need new skills. We, that's why there is this new focus on upskilling and reskilling workforce because we need to learn to adapt, to have a growth mindset and to build innovative solutions. And then also to empathize with, with our customers, to empathize with our uh, teams while focusing on providing these innovative solutions. So I think if you look at it, the L&D teams will have a bigger role to play in this. Not only do we need to equip the workforce with the skills for this changed landscape, but what we also need to do is we have to build mechanisms so that continuous learning becomes part of our workforce DNA so that we can thrive in these uncertainties. So how do we meet our learners 
where they are in their learning journey. How do we build mechanisms for them so that they can they can weave uh, continuous learning as the fabric in the organization is becoming so important, and that's where L and D organizations are going to play a key role. So this this idea of empathy is one that I find really interesting, Rashim, largely because I do believe that it is the number one most needed power skill uh, for leaders out there. And it, it, I think that it falls nicely to this notion of um, the power of positive leadership. And I, I know that you believe very strongly in that, um, as well as how mindfulness can help today's leaders both build successful teams and strong cultures. So maybe you can share your vision and describe how it will influence your leadership. You know, when it comes to building, frankly, um, what we know are going to be really innovative learning experiences for our customers. Yeah. um, I mean, last 15 years, I've lived in the Silicon Valley and have seen a very, for the lack of a better word, cutthroat business culture, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The Valley leaders are just now warming up to the idea of mindful leadership and positive uh, power of positivity. I remember when mindful mindfulness was uh, brought to me about five, seven years ago. I thought it was some hocus pocus up in the air and I really didn't want to (laughs) dive into it. I thought it would not make me sound like a leader, look like a leader if I believed in something like that. But um, but really, there is uh, there is. There is, a, there is a science and there is art behind positive leadership. So let's unpack that a little bit. Um, when you look at the science aspect of it, there is neurological evidence that actually shows that positive, empathetic, and optimistic leadership can drive success. There's actually a study that's published in HBR that says optimists are 40% most likely, more likely to get a promotion over next one year and over six times more likely to be highly engaged at work, and also five times less likely to burn out than pessimists. That's huge value to organizations when you look at it. So how do you build that culture of mindfulness? How do you build that culture of positive leadership? The good part to this is that um, using a practice called cognitive restructuring you can help yourself and your teams become more optimistic by consciously challenging the negative, self-limited thinking, and replacing it with more optimistic thought patterns. And then there is the art of that. Once you understand the science and the logic behind that and how to, how to do that, then you have to practice it. And that's where the art lies, right? How do you make sure that you are continuously practicing that mindfulness, that power of positivity, power, uh, positive leadership, so that it starts making difference, not just in your in your behavior, how you lead, but also how you lead teams and how your business grows. So um, from the perspective of, you know, my goal is as, as, a, as a leadership and business solutions leader to bring some of these practices to our audience as well to our learners, right? Simple things like, um, and Michelle, you would have seen, we were talking about that yesterday, 
None of my meetings are now 30-minute meetings. They are 25-minute meetings because I want to give that five-minute break between the two meetings so that we get an opportunity to collect our thoughts, to be in the moment, to understand what is expected in the next meeting before we go into the next meeting and be productive in that. Give that space because the operational mind is very different from a strategic mind and it takes time for that mind to kick in. And if we don't build those mechanisms in our daily life, we cannot lead with positivity. We cannot lead with mindfulness. So I hope to bring some of these um, these strategies, if you will, uh, tips and tricks into into what we share with our audience and also within our Skillsoft team. I love that. So first of all, a woman after my own heart, because I'm a 25 minute or 45 minute meeting person. To your very point, we are not giving people enough time just to reflect on what they just did before we ask them to move on to the next thing. And those few minutes are so critical and so important. So thank you for that. And and I look forward to every meeting with you knowing that I'll have a few <laughs> extra. Um, so, you know, I think what will be really fascinating for our customers who are listening in, you know, if you could describe what do you think your first 90 days are going to look like here? That's interesting. I've been thinking about that a lot, uh, mostly because I'm meeting the entire leadership team and, and um, you know, I want to hold back on what, what I'm seeing and, you know, soak in all the, all the, all the good stuff that's, that's going on at Skillsoft. We are at a transformational stage, Michelle. You and I have talked about it and uh, many times. Um, we have huge, big plans. We are, we are bringing so much value to our learners and to our customers. And, um, and that's what um, I have been focusing on. Uh, the three key pieces that I, in my first 90 days, I want to focus on. One is aligning, aligning our teams to the business goal. Uh, that's key part of mindful leadership, if you look at it, having that clear vision and to be able to align the teams to that. Uh, the second piece is empowering, empowering people within our organization to, to be the best version of themselves, to be creative, to, to have that uh, growth mindset and, uh, and build that culture of innovation. And the third and the critical piece is uh, to, to engage with our end users, to, with our learners, uh, to help them empower themselves and unleash their edge. I, I think that's fantastic. And, you know, I always learn so much from talking to our customers. So I think that's going to be a, a tremendous value. And, you know, additionally, I think it's always good to spend time when you, when you take on a new role at a new company to listen and, and sort of hold back and reserve just a little bit because your perspective is so fresh and it gives you the opportunity to add tremendous value, I think, by taking it all in and then being able to, to not only read out what you're seeing and hearing, but identify opportunities for taking your strengths of which you have many, Rashim, <laughs> and bringing them to bear. So I think that's that's fantastic. Um, yeah, a key part to learning is also the ability to unlearn, Michelle, right? 
Yeah. And that can be sometimes very, very hard. And I've made that mistake a few times in my career. So um, what I've learned is that it's it's important to come come in into an organization as a blank canvas without any mindset and to learn and to soak in all the goodness and then then work on your action plan. Um, so I, I'm really loving that opportunity that I have at Skillsoft to connect with uh, with the leadership team, with my other uh, with the teams that I uh, I have who which is by the way a rock star team to to understand what is working well and where do they need my help as opposed to just having a perception on my own in terms of where I could make uh, most impact. And I, I, yeah, that's, that's, I think that's such, it's such an important distinction too. So I have to ask you, uh, look, you, you've talked, or I think we've talked about the role of sponsors, the role of mentors, those people in our lives who have guided and shaped and helped us in, in ways perhaps they don't even know. So I have to ask you, Who's been your inspiration? Who has inspired you or helped you along or sponsored you in your career? There have been many people. It won't be one. And it would be unfair because at any given point in time, as I talk about um, it in my book as well, you need to have three to four sponsors that are Mm -hmm. your cheerleaders when you are not there in, in the room who are helping you navigate the corporate ladder I think of one person who has inspired me the most and I um, would be, and, I, and I'm hesitating to say that because, uh, but I, I have to tell you the truth. It has to be my mom. And the reason why it has to be my mom is because uh, she was 19 years old when she had me. She have, was enrolled into, um, a, into, a, into a program, into a medicine Course, and she was going to come out as a doctor. Instead, she got pregnant with me and had to make that decision very early on whether she was going to continue with becoming a doctor or having me. And she made that choice to have me instead of becoming a doctor. And I don't think if I was in her place, I would have made that decision. That was a really hard one for her to make. Um, she as I mentioned, I ran away from an arranged marriage. Uh, she was the force behind it. She 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 basically dealt with the, the community. She dealt with uh, my father's uh, family, took everything on herself while I came over here. And she had to deal with a lot of criticism because of uh, because she supported me to move to the U.S. So if there is one person that that is my role model, it will be my mom. And I hope I can be as good of a mom as she has been to me. Oh my God, you're going to make me cry. Look, my mom is my role model too. Um, You know, I think we owe so much to the generation who came before us. Um, My mom was a programmer when women weren't programmers and she worked at NASA and, you know, she took me to her office and I, I got to work. Um, I, she gave me play money and I got to, um, help her test QA ATM machines, the very first ATM machines that came out. Oh my God, I'm dating myself, but, but it's so, it's so wonderful what we have learned from these women who have enabled us, empowered us and given us the ability to do the things that we can do today that they weren't able to do. Yeah, I mean, for me, it has been 
I'll, I'll tell you when I took the job at AWS, AWS is Seattle based and I told, came back and my daughter was um, one year old, I think at that time. And I told my mom, I really want to take this job. It's, it's going to do wonders to my career. I think that's where I want to go. But I much, I'll be pretty much traveling all the time. And my mom says, I'm there to support you. Go for it. Not once did she, she hesitate or there was this element of doubt, like the kind of support that I've gotten from her. Um, I, I owe everything that I am and the woman that I have been able to empower to, to basically my mom setting that example for me. So, you know, look, I could I could go on all day with you, Rashim, but I'm, I'm going to go to my final question. For so many of the people with whom I've spoken, you know, the pandemic, it it has shifted our perspective. Um, we do things very differently than perhaps we did even 10 months ago. Maybe we give ourselves a little bit more grace with things. Um, I know that so many of the people I've spoken with have taken up a new hobby. They're not spending as much time in traffic. Um, so many different and fabulous responses. So it's a three-part question. Start, stop, continue. So what have you started doing since the onset of the pandemic? What have you stopped doing? And what are you so grateful that you've stopped doing? And then as we continue to create this new normal, what's something you're going to take with you that, you know, continue to do that you might not have done before? So start, stop, continue. Great. Um, start, uh, what I've started doing, um, I started implementing it religiously, walk and talk meetings um, and one-on-ones. I really love that whole concept and I've started doing, being more rigorous about it. You know, uh, Michelle, with this whole working remotely concept came in a huge burden of being on the camera 24 cross 7 uh, because we don't work eight hour days. We all work more than eight hours. And being in a constant performance mode, um, putting being on a camera puts a different kind of pressure on you as an individual. And uh, what I've started doing is uh, doing my one-on-ones and creative meetings that I do where I don't need to be in front of my laptop um, as walk-and-talk meetings. I go out, I walk, I take the phone calls on my cell phone. I give my team that freedom to do that as well. And what I've noticed is that not only I get those 12,000 steps that I need to get on my Fitbit, and but I'm I'm more creative that way because I'm not multitasking. I'm thinking, truly thinking about uh, about the conversation that I am having. I'm able to connect with people better. What I've stopped doing, and I'm grateful for doing that, is I'm I've stopped trying to be perfect in my personal life. Uh, so if one morning the kids need to have cereal for breakfast, and I've been not been able to fix them. A healthy breakfast that's okay you know if um, if um, you know uh, uh, the internet connection went down in a meeting I'm not going to beat myself around about that and I'm going to just pick up the cell phone and call the person so I've I think I've stopped trying to be perfect and um, I was I, I always had that attitude towards work towards innovative programs that I launched mm-hmm. and solutions I've kind of extended it and brought it to my personal life as well. And something that I, I, I have continued that I did before pandemic, during pandemic, and I'll continue to do that is 
I still continue to invest 30 minutes in myself every day, learning something new, um, reading something new, experimenting with things, trying out a new app. Um, I definitely, definitely need that. I've realized to be more creative and to get my creative juices flowing and to be innovative and think outside the box. And I'm going to continue to do that. All right. So I have two things that I'm taking with me now. I am going to implement walk and talk because let me tell you, my Apple watch is not happy with the number of steps I have not been taking. And I do love this idea of a 30 minute investment in yourself. Now I hop on my Peloton as everybody knows. And I think it's, it's a great outlet for me because it is my stress reliever. But I think investing in ourselves has to go beyond the physical. I think for our, you know, mental acuity for for being innovative, as you say, it's a really great opportunity to learn something new. So I'm taking that to heart. Um, Rashim, thank you. It's such a pleasure to have you here, both on the edge and at Skillsoft, because even when we finish this podcast, I can go call you and we can do a walk and talk, which I love. Absolutely. Um, I, it was such an honor to be here. I, I'm, I still can't believe I'm on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you. I will take that as a compliment. Um, you know, to our listeners, thank you for tuning into this and every episode as we unleash our edge together. And behalf of the entire still, uh, on behalf of the entire Skillsoft team, Rashim and I encourage you to keep learning, keep growing, and in light of today's conversation, you know, consider how your values align with your organizations, and think about what you need to learn, what you need to talk about, and how many steps you need to take in order to live those values. I'm Michelle BB. This is The Edge. Take care, be safe, be well.